Oh, that's the totally worst. Crunched right in the middle. But that's okay. I've got, you know, I got some tape. We taped them up. We're good to go. Everybody wants to know what I would do if I didn't win. Here comes Aaron Gordon the other way. I guess we'll never know. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Denver Stiffs show. It is your hosts, Zach Nikashi and Gordon Gross. We are back again, Gordon. We've been like strong for a month straight now. No missed shows. Uh, we're doing our job, man. We're showing up for like what we're supposed to show up for, so I like it. We'll have to figure out what we're doing next week because, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I was going to say, next Sunday, I am not going to be available, so (laughs) prepare for this streak to be busted. Exactly. Uh, But, hey, we're doing, we are doing well here. Uh, Speaking of streak busting, uh, the Nuggets have their winning streak busted yesterday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Gordon was on the recap. We will dive into that game here in just a bit, and then we will look forward to, of course, another game here tonight, uh, Monday night, against the Dallas Mavericks, another good, another top end of the Western Conference team. And then uh, we've got a road trip coming. Would you believe it, Gordon? The Nuggets have a road trip coming up. Crazy! They would never have those. This one actually, when I was looking at the schedule, it, well, the scheduling somewhat makes sense. It's not like like one of those road trips where they fly from like the Midwest to the East Coast, back to the Midwest, over to like the Central West. Well, they don't have any like Texas. weird transition back to backs either, where you're going across the, the vertical part of the country from one to the other. So right, right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, We're... no Phoenix to Sacramento. Yeah, uh, no, one. no Atlanta to Chicago or whatever. Like, so we're skipping those. Yeah, that was that was another one, right? They just did that Atlanta to Chicago. But all right, uh, so the Nuggets they. Um... It played last night, or well, we're recording Sunday night, so it was last night for us. Most people are probably listening on Monday, so but they played on Saturday night uh, against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Gordon had the recap. I was supposed to have the recap, could not make it. You stepped in um, quite, uh, quite helpfully at the last minute there, and I, I watched. I ended up being able. To, I actually watched the game this morning at about like nine a.m. I, I stayed spoiler free. Uh, and got to watch Good it as if I was watching it. Yeah, and it, um, yeah, it's kind of pissed. I was like, I, I was gonna say, you get to experience are the same level of disappointment that we had. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, that's one of those ones. I was like, I wish I had just saw the score and, and read your recap, and then I could have been like, okay, instead of like sitting through it, so I could yeah have that disappointment at the end and have it nice and raw and real. Uh, of course, Shea Gilgis Alexander hits the go-ahead bucket with 0.9 seconds left. Nuggets basically don't get anything done on the inbound play and it's over yeah um you know we were talking right before we came to the pod uh, scott hastings mentioned on the broadcast he said you know the nuggets have just they've allowed they've played with oklahoma city too long they, they allowed them to stay around 
uh, too long. It really felt like that Gordon Ramsay. I mean, that game, they felt like they were in control pretty much throughout until the last second of the game. Well, it's a, the reason it's a frustrating game is because you saw what they were doing and you were like, okay, so they're finally getting some breathing space. And then Oklahoma City would close it to like two. Right. And they would bring the lead back out to six or eight, and then they would close it to two. And the yeah. Nuggets could just never maintain that distance. And it bit them at the yeah. end. Yeah. Like execution down the stretch, final three minutes was bad by the starters. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Malone was unhappy. And I mean, I'm pretty sure viewers were unhappy. Uh, yeah, but that's why, I mean, Oklahoma City's a good team. Like that, you're going to have to deal with the fact that that squad yeah, a, uh, has a closer, so you better not let them stay close enough to close. I feel very comfortable right now saying Oklahoma City is a playoff, not play-in team. Oh, absolutely. Uh, they're a home court like, I, think they're, they're, I think they're a top six for sure, yeah. Home court, I, man, oof, he just gets so... I don't know. Maybe I, I get I get a little too... I, I have too much faith in Phoenix that they're actually going to figure this shit out. Um, I just don't have faith in them to stay healthy. So, like, it's not about yeah, whether or not I, mean, I think Phoenix is good. Fun. So, I mean, like, uh, okay, let's, let's diverge. We've only been talking for, like, four minutes. Yeah. <laughs> who's, our, who's your home court team so far? Who do you think, after the first two months, is home court? Denver, for sure. That's the thing is, other than Denver, I don't know. I think uh, Minnesota's going to be a home court Minnesota. team. I don't th- I think Minnesota might be a home court team who loses in the first round just because like that's just like Sacramento last year, right? Like they're uh, a good team and I'm not trying to say they're not bad, but it's going to be their first time playing meaningful playoff games in a while. And and if you get a matchup, that's maybe not ideal. Just like, you know, Sacramento caught uh, the Lakers. Um, I could see, I could see Minnesota not getting out of the first round, but I do think they'll be in uh, a home court team after that. Uh, Yeah. And then I don't know. I, I don't know. It's such a tight bunch from like from the play in from Phoenix at the 10 spot. And um, really, I mean, OKC is 16 and eight. You know, I mean, Phoenix is only three games back of that. So I know it, uh, it's, it's a West is, is going to be tough this year, man. Like it's really who stays healthy because right. I mean, the Nuggets have not. So That's fa- a good point. So the fact that they haven't the Nuggets haven't stayed healthy, but that they're still up there is actually very impressive. Like last night was, uh, or uh, the game against um, OKC on Saturday. Let's be clear. Um, if Contavious Caldwell Pope plays in that game, the Nuggets win. Yeah. Like that was the guy they needed. That was the guy who could stop, like guys driving, um, where they wanted to go in the final few minutes of the game. That was the guy who could slow down the nonstop assault at the rim. Like he's, right. That's the entire reason they got him. Um, and he's done it perfectly. So, you know, that's that's one of those nights where injury cost you that victory. Execution did, too. The Nuggets should have won it without him. But with him, that's a win. So, I mean, but the Nuggets are still doing great, even having been injured in very important right. starting I mean, positions. That's- that's the thing too to consider about just in general about where teams are in terms of seeding, you know, so far, maybe, maybe a third of the way through the season now, like if the nuggets have Jamal Murray this whole time, are they, they're probably right there with Minnesota at 19 and five or, or yep. close, you know, to that. I, you know, it, it's just tough to see, I think at the top, because right. You know, you gotta start thinking like, think about a team like the Clippers who are suddenly like playing very well. Sacramento, uh, Sacramento who's, who's backing up what they did last year. The Pelicans, like, Again, another team, if they can stay healthy, like, yeah. 
I could see them being being working their way in the top four seeds. It's you are going through a changing of guard in the West. We saw it last yep. year. We continue to see it this year, and that's what makes it difficult, I think, to pick out who are going to be the top teams because I think everybody can say at this point, okay, yeah, the Nuggets, uh, for sure. There, I mean, they're the defending champs. They're uh, playing very well again to start this year, even despite the injuries. Um, after that, you know, I think there's still some people who want to, you know, fall into the uh, the comfort level of the Lakers and the Warriors and even the Suns because of Kevin Durant, you know, Bradley Beal. These are guys we know have been good for a long time. But realistically, it is these these young uh, these these rosters with young cores who have found a young star. You're, I mean, your Oklahoma City's with the SGA and Minnesota with with Anthony Edwards, Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox. Like you can go down the list of these Dallas with Luca. Like the yep. these teams, this is like the new age of the West and. You're not gonna see the you know the 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 classic dominating of LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Steph Curry and all the guys who have more or less dominated the the West uh, and the NBA in general for for the past decade. That I think that is over. Like Golden State looks over, and and lost the Lakers. I mean, we'll see we'll see what they do. But yeah, I, that's why it's so hard for me. I can't I couldn't tell you which one of these six to eight teams uh, that are right now sitting there in, in somewhere between playoff and play in, like which ones are those ones that are going to rise above because uh, it's just, it's just so hard to tell right now. There's, there's so the, the level of talent uh, in the West right now is very high. And, and it, but it's all, but it's all like this new guard, right? Like it's, it's not, you know, you look over the East, like the East, I feel like we, we know what the East is and we have for a bit now. It's, Boston, Milwaukee, and Philadelphia, right? Like that's those are the three teams. They've yep. been the three teams, you know, for for going on for like five, six years now. Ever since basically Kawhi left Toronto, and like in the West, it's just not that way. Like it's it's very very fluid and very liquid, and there's just so much talent that yeah, I don't know, I don't know who's gonna be the top four. Like I said, Denver, and I think Minnesota for sure, just because Minnesota's just been off to way too hot of a start. To, it'd be take quite a collapse to fall out of a top four seed, I think, from them. Yeah. At this point. Do I say that? And at the same time, Sacramento's only four games back of Minnesota right now. So it's it's an interesting one. But we're off topic. Let's let's bring it back to Oklahoma City. And specifically, uh, Gordon, let's talk about Chet Holmgren. Uh, who had a monster game? I mean, it was not Shea Gilgis Alexander. Uh, nope. The Thunder. Who it was wasn't him alone. It was, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was Chet Holmgren who was uh, the guy for for Oklahoma City. He he didn't fall. He falls a block short of a triple double, right? Which is like that's yep. the that's an incredibly impressive triple double. Very few guys can ever pull it off when they do of getting the ten points, ten rebounds, ten blocks. Um, Chet almost gets it there. It looks like they took a block away from him. He only has eight now in the box score. Um, yeah, he had but nine. Still, they stole one, but yeah, I'm yeah there with was you. Eight, eight blocks, and then the other guy, yeah, like Jalen Williams. Uh, I know. Which that was kind of like how do, how are we getting beat by Jalen freaking Williams? Uh, which is not again. Jalen Williams is a good player. Like I don't don't get me wrong. Um, but man, well, there like, is a time honored tradition, right? As the Nuggets of getting smashed by somebody's like random starter right. or random bench player where they right. give up just a huge number to a guy that should not be able to put that on you. 
Right. So yeah, that. I mean, they did it. One of those nugget style points things. Like Jalen Williams was second in Rookie of the Year voting last year. Like he was. Yeah. Uh, he, he's he's a yet another player on this Oklahoma City roster, young player who's going to be very good. But like, yeah. I mean, he he uh, he ends up Shea ends up becoming the high scorer with that final basket uh, in the game. But otherwise, um, I mean, Jalen was that was kind of the guy taking it to. The Nuggets, and then the the choice that they made, that the Thunder made, that actually kind of worked. And now, granted, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren, Jokic hasn't seen them very much. But one of the reasons uh, Chet was able to get eight blocks was because they, the Thunder, went with the defensive strategy against Jokic that we've seen. You know, we've seen lots of teams. I mean, we saw the. It's the it's the Rui Hachimura adjustment, right? Right. We're gonna put our smaller big or our power forward. We're gonna put Jalen Williams. We're gonna let him defend. Nikola Jokic, and then we'll actually let our shot-blocking center um, sit out there and roam, uh, defend Aaron Gordon, because we know, and then that's fine, that's great, because if Aaron Gordon is standing out at the three-point line, we're not going to worry about defending him, and then right. that's just going to let that guy play, and it worked, I mean, it worked fantastic, and I don't take anything away from Chad, I mean, like, that block he had on Aaron Gordon's dunk attempt, Amazing. Uh, I think in the third quarter, yeah, that, that, that was a hell of a block, you can't, you can't knock it, you can do anything but tip your cap to the guy on that one, but like, that that strategy worked very well against, yes. I mean, against Jokic, like he didn't have a big night scoring. Uh, he was pretty much kept off the boards. You know, he, he assisted a ton. And some of that too is also they, anytime Jokic had the ball, even with Jalen Williams, defending him, like the, the Oklahoma basically brought, brought a double team every single, yes, uh, every single time he touched the ball, but still like it, it an, an effective, probably one of the more effective defensive strategies, uh, execution of a defensive strategy against the Nuggets that I've seen uh, in some time. So Especially I mean, is that for a team that doesn't have multiple bigs that are massive, like the, right. the like the first way to slow down Jokic is to have two seven footers who can both whoop ass. The the Dwight right. Howard strategy, right? Yeah, yeah. Even even the Minnesota strategy. Like I don't think Cat's like right. a great defender. But he's got the length, and then you've got Gobert lurking, and you've got other stuff happening. You know what I mean? Like, you've you've got enough big guys to make it tougher on Jokic. But that, that's not what the Thunder did. Like, the Thunder didn't have a couple seven-footers out there. They had Chet, who's like a beanstalk with giant hands. You know, and right. then you've got um, Jalen Williams, and who's a normal-sized power forward. Right. Um, and they, but they, they started defending him out. They, they, Which is, took, I guess, out. hold on. Let me, let me clarify one thing. It, the Jalen Williams, I, I, cause I said he got, he was second in rookie of the year voting. That is the other Jalen Williams, the Jalen Williams who they had defending Jokic was their, their Jalen Williams off the bench, but he right. started for the other Jalen Williams in the second half because they went to that adjustment full time. So I just, yep. Sorry, you can continue. Yeah. I want to make that clear. They have too many Jalen Williams. They got to figure this out. It's annoying. They can't. They can't keep this up. Right. But um. But what well, that's the way that they defended Jokic with the the quick double teams, um, pushing on him outside of the free throw line so he couldn't get set up in the paint. Um. You know, they they stunted a lot of pick and rolls. Part of that is that Jamal Murray had a had an off shooting night, but he had an off shooting night because he's out there being harassed. Right. You know, I mean, that's what Oklahoma City does with their defense on guards. But that's why you have to have Jokic as the assist man in that circumstance. And he was. And the Nuggets missed plenty of bunnies. Like, let's not get it twisted. There were way more assists out there that they left on the court. 
Right. Um, but like that was a this was the, probably the best iteration of that kind of defense that we've seen this year against Jokic, like you said. And I thought it was really interesting that like they uh, the the Thunder were not afraid to make adjustments to guys um, that were that were not their 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 big their big star guys, right? Other than I mean, obviously Chet and SGA play, but like they took Josh Giddy basically out of the game and replaced him with Isaiah Joe and said, and they should have, right? And he's he's playing better. He's and he's defending better. You know, Josh Giddy was getting. Uh, getting beat up and saying the same thing with the, the Jalen's right. They they basically went with bigger size uh, and went with I can't remember which one's called J Will or J Dub, whatever. But they went with their you know their the four J Williams off the bench and they had him start the second half. They they were focused on being like hey these are the guys that can get us a win. Yeah, what do you know Isaiah Joey's plus twelve uh, yeah. on on the game. So like it. Uh, well, Giddy's been a Giddy's been he's not a bad player. I, I I'm not going to talk about who he is as a person, but he's not a bad player. But what he does for them doesn't necessarily make sense against the Nuggets and against several other teams either. Um, he clogs up the way that their offense functions and the way that their defense functions. Right. So I I think Isaiah Joe got them a much cleaner um look on both ends uh, for what they were trying to accomplish. So like more power to them for moving that strategy. Both teams treated this like a playoff game. Yeah. Like you have in-game adjustments. You have halftime adjustments. The Nuggets came yep. out with um, Aaron Gordon at center in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they did and, not uh, play Jordan in the second half. Right. Right. So because they were – because this is this is the game. If the Nuggets could have gotten this, it puts a lot of pressure on for a for a tiebreaker. Right. You know, um, as we move forward. Uh, and so the Nuggets wanted this game. They, But so did OKC. Both teams fought for this game. Yep. Yeah, and the Nuggets just couldn't get, uh, you know, whether it was uh, Jamal, uh, Mike didn't shoot it particularly well. Uh, the nope. bench was, uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, Christian Brown shot it fine, but, uh, and Peyton Watson, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, but the rest of their bench guys, like, it was not a good night for Reggie Jackson. Uh, that would that hurt, yeah. But again, Julian Strother puts that's, the way that, that's the way that OKC defends. They're tough on guards, man. Right. Right. Yeah. And one hundred percent. No. Yeah. And it was it was more so the Nuggets forwards that did uh, did the damage in that game. In particular, uh, Peyton Watson had another. Yeah. Uh, he had he had a huge he had a huge game. Uh, what against Brooklyn? Uh, yep. The other night, and then so then he follows it up again with another uh, big game against Oklahoma City. Gordon, like the Nuggets, I'm probably higher on. I am. Peyton Watson is the highest Nuggets prospect I've been on since uh, Michael Porter Jr. And I am of the opinion, like, the Nuggets are maybe as early as next season probably trying to figure out, like, how do we get this guy 30 minutes a game? Because he, he – the thing is, is if he can just shoot the ball, if he just continues to work on his shot and, and gets more consistent with the shot, and he was, he was good uh, last so night. Even, oh, oh, yeah, like that yeah. game, he was good, yep. Uh, his defense, though, is is incredible. Uh, his ability to to get to the basket, and what I thought noticed a lot last night as well on offense, like his ability to be like, okay, I'm not gonna. Payton is like one of the few guys right now on that bench unit who is not content to just sit at the perimeter and swing the ball around until somebody decides right. to like ISO, right? Like he is gonna if he gets the ball, like he's like, I'm gonna make something happen. I'm gonna go to the rack with this thing, and and sometimes it's ugly and it doesn't work out. Uh, and that's something that he'll continue to grow on. But, like, he 
puts pressure on defenses with his with his athleticism, with his uh, his ability to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. He obviously is a great at running the floor in transition. He's a great cutter. He he plays like I said. I mean, he's probably he's not probably he's the best defender. Um, well, all right, him or KCP is the best defender on the team, and. I just, man, I think this is a guy who's going to be a, I mean, this is a guy who I'm starting to wonder, like, is he going to be somebody that you make a choice between an Aaron Gordon or Peyton Watson? Is it going to be like, hey, we're not going to re-up AG when his contract's done because we need to give that role to Peyton Watson? I I think that's very much uh, a possibility at this point. Well, I mean, Peyton Watson, that's the goal, right? You're trying to train him up into AG's replacement. Right, like that. You're gonna have to hit the weights. Cool. Like that. That's he's still definitely not strong enough. Um, Correct to play to play power. No, forward. no one plays like Aaron Gordon plays. Like that's right. It's an extremely hard thing to get done, you know. But um, and uh, AG has a player option for his last year, right? Right. So he's only under contract through next like season. Next season, yeah. And then he's like after that, it's a player option as to whether or not he wants to stay or whether he wants to test the market. Um, just, and just the Nuggets are, the Nuggets are going to have to and make choices. Just, hold on, just to, just to put the bow on that contract, uh, discussion. So yeah, he has that player option in 25, 26 and it's for $22 million. So he will absolutely be declining that, uh, at age 30 and be trying to get like one last, the, the one massive deal. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like that's, I mean, again, and I don't blame him in the same way that I would no, not that's blame exactly what he should do. Yeah, that's what Bruce Brown should have done. That's what right. AG should do. That's like, you got did. your ring, go get your money. Um, yep. And I know that AG is already rich, and I know that that's that you know not necessarily as big a deal, but money's always a big deal. But especially like, like when you're when you're, I mean, that's why he guaranteed this is this is the way part of the reason this this contract is structured this way. That is why there's a player option on that yep. final year on his age thirty season like that is the moment once you cross 30 you yep. look you're looked at as a guy who's past this prime on his way out you're not going to be able to capitalize as much on even if you had a good season because teams are going to be starting to doubt well can he repeat it you know he's eventually going to slow down especially a guy like aaron gordon who defend or who depends uh, a lot on his athleticism right like there is right aaron gordon is not a guy who's going to be playing in the league at 38 39 years old uh i'm guessing so, like, you've got to make. I don't make know. I mean, Jeff Green did. Jeff, Jeff Green. Yeah, yeah, still that old is true. Green. Jeffrey's moment. I mean, but it's not likely, right? Like, most guys who who have, a lot of their game is athletic is made up with athleticism. Like, they they start to fade. And now, to Aaron Gordon's credit, he has become a much more complete player than he was in Orlando, where yep. like Orlando Aaron Gordon absolutely wasn't going to make it in this league past thirty. Right. Whereas now, Absolutely. you know, I mean, yep. with his defense, with his post game, like he's got he's got some other uh, things that he can bring to the table that aren't necessarily just, hey, watch me just dunk all over everybody. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, at age 30, like that's still going to be the way he's it's the cutoff. Yeah. Right. It's obviously going to be viewed by the league. So, like, he's got to make that money. Um, I would think. You know, I, I I kind of thought like like yeah, that's that's the plan with Peyton Watson. But now I'm even saying like, man, you might be looking at next season. Like, what what are we doing? How are we reworking our rotation uh, to figure out? Or you know, you might even I thought about this too because you're probably losing KCP at the end of the year. 
Uh, he's probably yes. going to get the Bruce Brown treatment there. Um, right. Would you even go like at this point? And, and it always to me had been assumed, okay, well, KCP goes out Christian Brown, right? Like that's your, right. he's your, your guy who slots in there. But would you almost be like, maybe we should run a starting lineup with just a ridiculously long lineup of Murray, Watson, Porter, Gordon, and Jokic. It could work. I mean, it'd be like, fun. Like the great thing is they have both options, right? Like right. unless for some reason you have to trade one of those guys to get in another piece. Like you've got the option of either or both of those dudes. Like that's Which is a great the, thing to have. Yeah, no, and I'm I'm thrilled for it. Like I, I think Watson has um, absolute upside on ball. His question is always whether or not he's going to shoot. Right. But I mean, it's not like Christian Brown doesn't have that same question. Right. Yeah. You know, Christian's shooting better so far. Uh, but not taking a lot of shots, and most of the shots that Christian's taking are in transition. Right, and nobody's, uh, they're nobody's both good like, in transition. Nobody, when they see Christian rising up for a three-pointer, is thinking in their head, oh, like, oh, this." it's not like when you see Mike right, rise up for a, an open three-pointer, right. right? Like, then you know it's it's cash money, but, like, Christian, eh, you know, I don't know. I mean, and, and he's, it's not that Christian's a bad shooter or anything. He's not, but, yeah, exactly. That confidence in both of these guys. But the nice thing about it is shooting is absolutely probably the most uh, e- easiest skill for guys to work and to improve it once they become the NBA, because you now can, they're you can get ballers. to average. Like, you do that all the time. Like, yes, I mean, you, you, you become Aaron Gordon and you build a freaking uh, basketball court in your house. Now, granted, he clearly isn't spending too much time shooting free throws at home, but like, you know right. what I mean? Maybe like, he needs these guys couch so he can like get to the free throw line and, and make them shots. <laughs> right. Right. But that's something that you see uh, really across the board with, uh, with NBA players, the guys who put in that work, who are willing to put in that work will improve their shooting just because that's, it's, it's, it shooting is about repetition, right? Nobody, nobody came out of the womb, uh, shooting 40% from three, like every, every single person who can do that has taught themselves to do, do that with repetition. Um, now when you're a pro baller and that's basically your whole life is just playing basketball, you know, it's something that can happen. So I, I have hope for Peyton Watson, I don't think he's going to ever be like a knockdown, you know, 40 plus percent three point shooter, but can he shoot 37% from three, like right around league average and, right. uh, and at least just make teams respect it. Like that's really all you need because everything else he brings to the table is just, is so good that it's man. I like I said, I just think they're going to, they're going to coach one is going to get forced to be figuring out like, how am I going to get this guy on the court more and more and more? Well, I mean, that was the, the thing with Torrey Craig, right, was that if he can't shoot, then it, it hurts your offense because people can just ignore him. Right, people leave. Um, but but Torrey shot great in Phoenix last year from from deep, and he's shooting well from uh, deep this year as well for Chicago. Right. So it's not necessarily – you want your defensive guys to shoot well. They don't have to be perfect, but you need – if they're open, they have to be able to make it. And they have to make it often enough that a guy has to account for them. Like at this point, at the end of this game, they they had pulled Michael uh, Porter Jr. out of this game, um, and they were having both Watson and Christian Brown out there, and nobody respected them. The whole court was tilted defensively. Right, right. So there was, I mean, the literally the the prayer that Jokic had to kick up was because no one cared about Watson and Brown and Watson was not did not want to shoot it. So he threw it he threw the grenade back to Jokic. Um <laughs> even though he was the open man. And now those true, are the uh, true Will Barton esque hand grenade. 
It very much was. And those are the things that the kids are going to have to clean up. I mean, these are good situations for them to be in, to know that. But if you are their coach and you know that, then that's not necessarily the best position for you to go with. Um, And I understand it um, in the sense that Malone was trying to get somebody to stop a drive. Right. Um, And you want Christian Brown and Peyton Watson out there for that. But they didn't do that. And then they also weren't able to take the shot that mattered. Right. Whereas that's a shot that Porter takes. Yeah, and we were talking about this um, right before he came on because, like, then then when he does bring Porter back in, he it, he took out Watson, right? And yeah. I was saying, like, I would have preferred to have seen Peyton Watson close that game. Now, granted, Lesnar saying he actually did, he was actually there on the final position. He was the guy defending Shea Gilgis Alexander when he makes the shot to win the game. Um, but for the most part, you know, Peyton was was locking Shea up. And instead, Malone chose to go with Christian um, as basically they had to close the game up until the last possession. Right. And and even then, Christian Brown was still on the uh, on the court. I think he took MPJ out so he could get that defense in there. Um, yep. And I just I don't know. Like I I really would have liked to have seen with the way Payton was playing last night, with the way he was defending Shea, that I would have preferred him over Christian. And I I this is the things I don't think there's. There's, I don't see the issue with having Peyton Watson at the two guard spot if he's having a game, good game and you need someone to defend a guard. Like, I the thing about Watson is he can pretty legitimately defend one through four. I don't think I want him defending centers, but no, nope. he's got the ability to to defend a point guard. Like, I mean, like, I mean, granted, Shea's not he's a bit of a different type of point guard, but. I was going to say, Shea's as big as a small forward, so he's fine for Watson to defend him. Right, but but you could (laughs) – I'd I'd put Watson on Steph Curry if that's – if I needed needed one guy to stop Steph Curry, I'm putting Peyton Watson on him. Because, like, it used to always be Aaron Gordon is is your guy, but Peyton Watson is quicker uh, than Aaron Gordon because he's not as big. I for the perimeter for perimeter defense I want Peyton right for down in the down on the block I'd want Aaron Gordon but like in that game where where Shea finally starts get going in the second half and finally like there in the fourth quarter is you know he's going to be the one uh, they're going to look to pretty much every time down like I would have I would have very much preferred to just just see Peyton Watson close that game out um, he doesn't you know and I mean hindsight being twenty twenty I mean the Nuggets that that's not the reason the Nuggets lose they. Uh, they they shot themselves in, a, in the foot enough times there down the stretch uh, to to earn that loss. Refs also started feeling themselves for a little bit there. Uh, yeah, re- refs had just enough influence, but again, it, it, there were whenever you lose a game by one bucket, they like everyone's at fault. Right. There's like, there's a number of things like, you can point to. Right. You could have you could have had anything go down. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's that's not one person's problem. Right. Um. But uh, I've I've said before that uh, Peyton Watson uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, Tayshawn Prince. Yeah, um, I can see that for sure. And uh, not quite as tall, but has that weird long, long body with the, you know, he's he's got the blocks when he wants them, he's got the defense when he wants it, um, and then you'll see if he can make shots. Right. Um, but the Nuggets need that guy. Like, you have to have that guy. Um, and so I'm glad that they do. But, yes, it's it's going – there's going to be um, a roster turnover in the next couple seasons with KCP 
and probably Aaron Gordon gone in two years. Right. So you have to have guys who can step up for that. And like you said, I don't know that um, you can ask Peyton Watson to play the four, but you might have to ask Mike to play it for 35 or 40 million bucks right. a year. Yeah, that's kind of how I, I see it happening is you'd, you'd probably shift Mike to the four and, and, and yep. put Peyton Watson in the five. And the, the biggest thing, the biggest probably strain that puts on your rotation, losing AG and then having Peyton kind of fill in that, that starter role is actually it's your it's your backup center in the playoffs, right? Because I don't think you yep. want Peyton Watson or Michael Porter Jr. in you that You'll have to figure that right? out because none of those guys right. are playing center. Yeah. Right. It, it would put more pressure on you to have a legit backup five rather than this Zeke Naji, DeAndre Jordan. Uh, when Zeke Naji got, you know, <coughs> basically shelved per Malone. Yeah, that's right. Malone was like, we're going to uh, bundle that up till after the holidays, and we'll get back with you. Yeah, it's interesting, too. It's just so interesting, because that, that happened right after Malone's quote about empty minutes, and like... Zeke was not the guy I would have probably pegged as the one who was giving them empty minutes. He just... I know he just. I mean, Zeke tries really hard when he's out there. He just doesn't seem to be able to get put it. Effort's together. not the problem with Zeke. No. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably it's it's yeah you did something to your shot. And now you can't shoot and you're not finishing at the rim and it's, it's just it's anybody just anybody who's position. your size or bigger just pushes you right out of the yeah pushes you that, right that, out that. Of the it's being it's being shoved out of the paint all the time. Where you're like, dude, I need you to box out once. Just one time, box out for me. Right. Like one time, finish at the rim. So it's it's just a matter of for... for but the problem is, is Najee needs time to work that out. And the right. Nuggets have to figure out who gets the time. Because you can't put all those guys on the court. You're going to get losses. You can't be yeah. like, well, I need I need to put Jalen Pickett out there to get time. Well, you can't do that because you you need Reggie Jackson and Jamal Murray out there to steady the ship. And then right. you're like, well, I, I need to get time for Watson and Brown because they might get playoff minutes. And the guy who's not likely to get them is Najee because I've right. already got AG and Mike who can both play the four. Right. Yeah, we know what we're doing for center. Even Holiday can play the four if you have to on a small four if you need him to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah like the guy who's not going to play is Najee. So you can't spend regular season minutes trying to get him ready. He's got to get himself ready. And so the Nuggets are just going to have to figure that out on their own. Yeah, it's it's something that the Nuggets should probably. I mean, that's they've spent a lot of money or not money. They spent a lot of uh, draft resources on wings um, in the past couple of years. Uh, you know, anything. I mean, last year Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, those are both wings. This year they picked. I mean, Jalen Pickett's a point guard, but then you've got Julian Strother and Hunter Tyson. Those are basically wings. Yep. Um, it might be. And it, granted, you don't always want to. You don't want to draft for need. You always want to draft for. Uh, best player available, but well, especially uh, where they're drafting. Yeah, like, right. Exactly where they're at. But at the same time, like, man, it would be nice. It would be it would it would be great to have the Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Julian Strother version uh, center, right, as your backup five. Like, imagine <laughs> right. if you had had a young guy who was like giving you that kind of promise and hope uh, as your backup center. That would be. I mean, they tried. Better. They drafted Kamigate. It's just that he's. He, it, the yeah, NBA was, game doesn't seem to be his game yet. It may yeah. never be, but it doesn't seem to be it yet. He's uh, well, Ishmael stepped up this year though. He's playing in a in a, in a tougher league. I think. I think he's over. He in, is. Uh, he's playing in a tougher league, but he's he's not looking as good in a tougher oh, league. So. Olympia Milano, right? He's playing with um. Yeah. With yeah, yeah Messina. Yep. So 
we'll see. But that's that's a long it's, way out. Yeah, that that's a, yeah that they they that's a, a a draw at getting it, and you want more draws. Well, and I think like, the other guy too that they had they probably planned on having this year was Vladko, uh, who could maybe give you a small yep. ball five every now and then. Um, and I think in terms of guys being able to do. Uh, similar stuff as to what Jokic does, at least from passing perspectives from, you know, f- uh, from the elbow, like a lot of that Vladko was pretty good at. So, you know, I think they were planning on that and didn't have it. And then I think, I think the Nuggets were very much planning on it being Zeke Naji versus Vladko Chanchar for that, yep. that final spot in the rotation. And then Zeke when got I think it that Vladko got hurt and then now Zeke's not working out. Yes, and I I think that the uh, the extension that Zeke got was probably in direct relation to the fact that um that he did get hurt. Right. Yeah. Um, so like, like I don't know yeah. if they give Zeke that extension if you don't watch Vlatko go down basically for right. the year. You might be giving Vlatko that extension, honestly. Right. Like that might have been the choice you made, but now, yeah, now now what do you do there? Um. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's shift the uh, or turn the page. Uh, to what is coming upcoming. A busy week for the Nuggets. They've got four games, I believe, this week, uh, which is, I guess, par for the course uh, with the way things have gone so far. They start out, of course, with the Dallas Mavericks here on Monday night. We will dive into our fast break bet segment uh, because we've got the... We have lines. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's nice. It's nice we actually get to do this segment. I should probably plan better segments. Uh, Anyways, uh, first one I want to bring up because I think it's an interesting topic because this continues. This is a line that continues to trend down. Um, Jokic now down. The over-under on Jokic points now down to 27 and a half. uh, I'm going to keep betting at the over because it seems like uh, he's going to be darn close anyways. Uh, but particularly against Dallas. Uh, I was going to say, you're slowing him down on Dallas. Right. That's what I was saying. They're not a team that um, one is going to play a bunch of defense in general, uh, <laughs> but also is not a team that has, like, they're not stacked with a bunch of defensive bigs you know, that you're worried about, you know, going up against um, Jokic. I mean, they, they basically don't have a center other than Dwight Powell, who comes off the bench who is just, he's just too small. Like, I, I think Dwight Powell's a good player. I think I, I would Dwight. love, I would love to have Dwight Powell as the backup yeah, right? four slash five for the Nuggets. Yes, would that would it. be terrific. Um, but, you know, he's just, it's funny thing is he's still 6'10". Like, it's not that he's like tiny, tiny, but he just is a guy who he feels, he he, he doesn't have the, the strength to take Jokic in the post, right? right. So I, I think Jokic has a good chance of having a good scoring night um against against Dallas both because like I said I don't think there's gonna be a lot of defense uh I don't think that Dallas has the bigs to go up against him and you know I mean maybe I they're mean, gonna put you know, Grant Williams fine. on for he's, a little bit he's decently solid but yeah, he's, but he's, not gonna I stop think he's out I think oh well, yeah they're out. screwed then no, yeah, then, right. Well, the, yeah, because that's the guy who kills the Nuggets every time they play him. Yeah, I, I'm always I'm always afraid that, that Maxie's coming to town because I'm like, oh, another one of them scrubs is going to just destroy us. Yeah, I think I made practically has made a career off just yeah destroying the. Uh, yeah, he can th- he can thank uh, the, the Nuggets nugget. directly for his salary because they're like, man, he just takes it to the Nuggets. Yes, we know. Yeah, so that is the interesting that thing about Derek Lively. Game. Is that the only other guy they've got? Yeah, Derek yeah, Lively, yeah. but he's also out. 
Uh, so <laughs> they have Rashawn Holmes too. Uh, so he's questionable. Uh, and then Kyrie Irving also out tomorrow. But yeah, so they're two big center. They're two two of their bigs that they would normally use Derek Lively and and Maxi Cleaver. They are both going to be out uh, for tomorrow night. And then, uh, like I said, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I I could expect because Lively's out. It's kind of interesting. I wonder what they do with their starting lineup there. Do they maybe put Dwight Powell in there? I w- if if I was Dallas, what I would do is I would put Dwight Powell in there, who's a decent, you know, decent, somewhat yeah. shot blocker. Um, and I would I would do the exact same thing Oklahoma City did. I would take Grant Williams. Actually, have Grant Williams defend yep. Jokic, uh, yep. and then just let and let Dwight Powell roam. That's, Rome, that would yeah. be the strategy. And put put him take. on, put him on AG. I would do the same yep. thing. Because they and don't they have very, the size to match up. Well. Like right. I said, they, they don't have the size. They don't have the defensive acumen um, to stop Jokic. But um, if you can do the thing that OKC did, but that kind of requires you stopping Denver's guards, right? Because yeah. if you're asking Jokic, well, I don't know, man, can you run a 1-5 pick and roll and like just slice people to death? Well, yeah, if you don't have guard defenders, right. then... No offense to the to the Mavericks, but they don't have OKC's guard defenders. Yeah, they they well the Mavericks have traded all their guard defenders away for Kyrie Irving. Uh, yeah, paper but, bags. Yeah, but uh, I mean, you know, Dante Axum's not not a bad uh, defender. Dante Axum is kind of this crazy resurgence um, happening this year. But he, I mean, he's he's good enough. I I think you if you're Dallas, you feel okay with him uh, defending Jamal. But then after that, I mean, like you know, I mean, obviously Luca's not a defender and in any way uh i don't think Derek jones jr is a, is a guy who's gonna you're looking at as a, as a great defender you know coming off your bench your number one guard slash wing off your bench is tim hardaway he's a score first guy like there's yep. uh, there's not a lot yeah there in terms of seth curry is the other guy coming off the bench again not not going to defend anybody <laughs> right so. yeah he will he will not be defending you yeah so really dante exum is your only perimeter defender that you got out there um and uh, you know we'll see we'll see how how well he does against against Jamal. So yeah, I think there's. I mean, I think this is a game that's definitely uh, going to be a high scoring game. I think and I, and I think that just plays into Jokic, who also like let's just be honest, let's, let's fall into the gambler's fallacy. Like he's due right for a thirty point game. It's, yep, it's been a bit. So um, I like I like Jokic on the over twenty seven and a half points tomorrow night. It's a minus one ten, so pretty much even odds there. Um, yeah, I would take you know, the I, over also. I was my next one here. I had the, the spread is seven and a half. Uh, Nuggets minus seven and a half. And I was saying you should probably take the Mavs minus seven and a half. I don't know though. Without Kyrie, without without all their centers, I get. But this comes down to: Do you think the Nuggets are going to blow out the Mavericks or not? Because it's seven and a half, right? Like you think about a game at the end of the uh, end of regulation, how you get to eight points. It's either a close game that they pull away with at the very like last second. Yeah. You get a bunch of free throws um, at the end. Or right. Whatever. Right. Yep. Just, just ice it with free throws or you end up blowing them out. Right. And you end up by winning by double digits. I don't, man, I just, I don't know. Like Dallas is still a really good team, even with their, um, with their injuries. Yep. Uh, Luca is going to do Luca things. I, even though the, I say the Nuggets still have one of the better defensive options against him, Porter has always defended Luca well. They have AG who makes Luca's life hell. Let's be honest, they have Peyton Watson. And they have like, Peyton that's, Watson. That's a guy who too. you might want to throw so, on him. Yeah, like I, what I'm saying is they have multiple options who are long and annoying 
to throw right. at to throw at Luca. Um, but yeah. I'm with you. I think that seven and a half is a bit wide. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's so yeah. Little... I would probably take the I would take the under seven and a half. Taking the Mavs plus the points. I like it. I like it. Uh, the last one I thought I'm going to bring this one up because of because it's plus 155, which I think is interesting. Uh, Aaron Gordon over 0.5 blocks plus 155. Gordon's probably going to get a, a decent amount of time uh, on Luca. I mean, we'll see what happens obviously with um, KCP tomorrow. He's listed as questionable, but either way, I can still see Gordon, you know, that it, when Gordon gets switched onto Luca, that he's going to be just fine in that scenario. And that's something's going to happen. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it just feels like they're with, again, with a team that doesn't have a ton of scoring from their bigs. It, it feels like a game where Aaron Gordon gets switched onto a, uh, onto Luca or onto Tim Hardaway or something like that. And, you know, gets, gets a block, gets a sneaky block there. Uh, while while defending those those perimeter players and at plus 155 rather gonna say plus 155 for a block yeah i'd throw some cash at that right like it might as well might as well when is that it, it, yeah, i think he's block or steal block or yeah it'd be nice if you could do one or the other right give give me one stock uh, right they won't they won't they don't have that bet's not available to us just no yet. but like if it's with Jokic on a block versus Jokic on a steal right right because, uh, like, Jokic is – the thing is, they're going to have to drive at Jokic all night. Like, they don't have a stretch to pull him out, really. Right. Um, I mean, they got Powell. Powell's fine. But, like, I'm not expecting um, Jokic to be – the way that he was in OKC having to defend Chet out beyond the arc, which is why he didn't get a bunch of rebounds. Yeah. I expect Jokic's hands to be active inside in this game too. So I'm expecting a steal or a block from him also. So what does they have Jokic any uh, steals at? Uh, 1.5. Yeah, see, and I hate it when they do that to me. Right. They Plus know, 175 they if you take the over, but yeah. Yeah, two steals is a tough is a tough ask, but um, I mean, but he'll do it. I mean, the, he does do it. He had it, he had it last night against. Uh, I know. Well, and again, that's the thing is that the way that the Mavs pass leaves them open to the kind of quick hands that Jokic has. So, right. um, and because he and he defensively is working similar to where um, Luke is trying to drive to, you got hands in passing lanes. So I keep that in mind too. But yeah, I, I would, I would definitely go with the uh, the one block from AG being worth some cash because being worth some cash. That right? that seems yeah. like yeah. If it was two blocks, I'd be like eh. But one, yeah, forget it. He should be able to get one. Yeah, you can also uh, AG also gets a lot of steals himself as well, just like Jokic. Uh, you could parlay one one Gordon steal and one Jokic steal, and that gets you plus one forty. So. Hey, there you go. See now we got some options. You can get you can get creative. Look, nuggets and deflections. I'm always willing to bet on that stuff, right? So right, right. Well, and somebody's got to get steals with KCP out. So I do Um, still out for this game. Like I said, he's listed as questionable. Um, so kind of reading between the lines, a guy who's listed as questionable, who's coming off of a concussion, is likely just has to pass a pregame test, right? Right. To um to get the full get full clearance, which 
I would assume he would. He's about a week removed from it. So we'll see what happens, though, there with with KCP. Um, all right, so those are our fast break bets. Uh, Jokic over 27.5 points, Mavs plus 7.5, AG over 0.5 blocks. If you are thinking, man, I'd like to bet on this stuff, but I'm not sure. Zach and Gordon uh, don't seem like the brightest bunch one. Hey, I get it. Uh, I do. But also, you guys can head over to ESPN Bet. Enter our promo code LAHIGH, L-E-H-I-G-H, LAHIGH. You can get up to $250 worth of bonus bets by entering that code. So that way, you know, if... If we are idiots and we're wrong, hey, it's on it's on ESPN Bet and it's not on you guys. Um, so again, once again, uh, the code is Lahai L E H I G H over on ESPNBet.com. And if you or anybody you know has a gambling problem, please call one eight hundred Gambler. Okay, uh, let's wrap up this Mavs conversation. Just one more thing I wanted to get your thoughts on. We we we're starting to hear the MVP conversation. Uh, you know, we're about third of the year, way through the year now. People are, are starting to look at that. And and it's essentially the same three guys it's been for the past three years, right? Luke, uh, Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid. Why is Luka Doncic not in this conversation as well right now? And Or just should he be? I think Luka and Shai should both, uh, Gilgis Alexander should both be in it. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't think that there's any reason that SGA should be in that conversation as well. Um, but as for why they're not, um, because Luca's teams have fallen down and uh, in right. the past and SGA's team hasn't done anything in the past. So, you know, you're That's talking fair. about, you know, three guys who are perennial playoff, you know, uh, contending heavy hitters who are also right. basically unstoppable in the regular season. Who have, like, won, like, the last five MVPs in a row. Yes, yeah, they, they're, they've all got one. So, you know, it's MVP versus former MVP versus other former MVP, and the other guys are going to have to do something to get in there. Um, and right now, I think Luca's doing amazing work. Like, Luca um, is dragging his team um, higher in the standings just by being awesome. Um, but, um, I do think that, um, the fact that the Mavs are gettable goes against him. And I think the fact that, um, it, it, his team has not had home court recently, no. um, goes against him because you're still, yes, it's the, you're only judging people on this season, you know, but people remember what happened to the Mavs last year. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. People remember that absolute collapse and um, right. And and the, and the the tank. It was a tank job. Right. Like, and, and and yeah. And the, to the keep their pick. We're, we're going to tank. Right. We're going to tank this thing so we don't give our pick to the Mavericks or not the Mavericks to the Knicks. Um, right. So yeah, I mean, people a, remember that, point. and I think that's playing against him this year so far, personally. I think there's also just like a, a general. I don't think Luke is like the most likable player um, in the world. I think his his style. Uh, is you know for he's not gonna get he's not gonna get the quote unquote basketball nerd love that like Jokic does because Luca is a very ball dominant uh, guard who is going to put up thirty shots a game like that's that's what he is well going he, he's to. a Harden style MVP right he's he's a Harden player right that's Luca Doncic reminds me so much of of James Harden and in his Houston days and in that same style of player which Harden got an MVP eventually um, but man. 
Like, I think it was also somewhat begrudgingly. And then also the the, the complaining, right? Luke is a uh, well-known complainer to officials. Um, yeah, but I don't, I don't sure think Giannis that good. Really I don't is. think if you have Giannis and, you know, Embiid and even Jokic, who keeps getting thrown out of games for yelling at officials. Like, I don't, I don't know if you can, you can say that uh, Luca is worse at that. I don't think you he know? is, well, but but again, it's those other three guys are established MVP candidates, and like that they're, is true. they're so like they. I think well, it's just, well, you're trying to ask, you're trying to ask what it is that Luca does that none of the other three guys do, right? Right. You know, you've got Giannis, who's the complete physical freak, um, you know, outstanding fast break ridiculousness. You've got um, Embiid, who's big market, um, East Coast time. Everyone gets to watch him. Um, incredible, incredible player. Again, a physical force. You right. know, just massively dynamic, unstoppable. I mean, a part of it's because of the way he gets free throw calls. But, I mean, that's a skill, too, much like it was for Harden. Right. Um, and just an absolute monster in the paint. And then you've got Jokic, who does every damn thing, who's the most on-ball, most touches of any player in the league, has to carry the most burden of any player in the league, you know, and just finished winning everything. So right. what is it that Luka does better than those three guys? Like, if you're comparing him to Jokic, because Luka doesn't play in the East Coast time zone. So right. Luka's not getting um, all the primetime eyes uh, that someone like Embiid gets. Right. So if you're going to compare him to somebody, you compare him to somebody like Jokic, who also doesn't get that, but now has a rep as being the guy and proved it in the playoffs. And Luka hasn't been able to do that. So I don't know where he gets over on Jokic except in scoring. Um, and then uh, that's what you're hoping for. Like what his his path to the MVP is to win a scoring title. Yeah, win a scoring title and probably be a top one or be the top seed or top two seed in the yeah in the top top couple seeds and a scoring title would do it probably, but right. he's not there yet. Sort of, which is sort of like Embiid's how Embiid did it, right? I mean, that's yes. basically been his path to to that. Yeah, that's so. how Embiid. Oh, Embiid got it by falling short a couple times too. Right. Like Doncic has always been like a top five kind of a guy, right. but he hasn't been a top two kind of a guy. Right. Yeah, he's never been a. He seems in like he's NBA. always a guy. I mean, I think I think maybe not this year, because this year the betting favorite was Jokic. But I think the uh, start of last year, the betting favorite for MVP was Luka Doncic, right? Like there is somewhat an expectation that he will take that ascension. Uh, and, you know, and then this, I think it's a good point that you bring up about how they finished the season last year. Because this year, by, by and large, it's been a very good, uh, very good Mavericks team. And, and, you know, they're top three seed right now in the West. Like they should be, he should be with, with the numbers he's putting up. He should be in that, in that conversation. But I just always find it funny, interesting that it's, you know, like I said, he's in like that next tier below um, Jokic, Jonas and me, but you might be exactly right. Is in that, what is he going to do? That's better than, than any of these guys. So unless he's going to be the top scorer in the league, unless he's going to have the top team in the West, um, he might continuously fall behind. Jokic and Giannis and Embiid. All right, um, let's move then to our last little segment here, last little section of the pod. We've got three more games for this week, all of them on the road. We are doing an East Coast road trip. Gordon, they are going to start, uh, where do they start, in Toronto maybe, on this road trip? 
on. Get my schedule pulled up in front of me. Yep, they start in Toronto. You better pull it up. They start in Toronto, then they head down and head start heading south. They go from Toronto to Brooklyn. Uh, then a little bit of a jaunt uh, from Brooklyn down to Charlotte. There you go. There's that vertical back-to-back. Yep. Yep. Brooklyn to Charlotte. Um, none of those teams are very good. Brooklyn, you know, Toronto's essentially looks like they're on the on the verge of blowing it up. Uh, yeah, right. And Toronto, Toronto's guys are also kind of checked out for the fact that they're probably not going to be there in two weeks. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, you know, it, it seems like Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi, one of those two at least, is they definitely going to be playing in one a different uniform uh, yep. at the end of the season, uh, if not both. And then, you know, after those guys, like what, if you trade, you know, those guys, like what, what, now that Fred Van Vliet has left, uh, you know, you start to look at this team, this roster in Toronto, and you're like, what exactly are they going to be bringing to the table? Um, I mean, Scotty Barnes is good. Like you still have Scotty Barnes. And I guess that's who you're looking at building behind. But otherwise, I mean. Yeah, there, there's nothing like there's nothing on this team. There's some nice role players. Like I still think Gary Trent Jr. Uh, is a nice role player. I think Dennis Schroeder. I wanted the Nuggets to sign him right. um, as their as their backup point guard. Dennis Schroeder is starting for uh, Toronto, which is I think put you in a bad spot. But uh, you know I think he's still a good a good guy to fill like a Reggie Jackson type role. But it, Without, if you take out Way Siakam and Ananobi, like that's two of your quote unquote big three, which is not very big right now, right? With with Scotty Barnes being the other guy, I, to me, you're you're a team that's headed um, headed for you know you're 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 looking to land a, a top overall pick in the lottery at that point. You're you're probably going to be one of the top five worst teams uh, in the NBA. Obviously, it depends on what they would get back for you those can't guys. Catch the Pistons. No one can catch the Pistons. Yeah, the Pistons, Pistons are the Pistons are well, tanking the, like the, LeBron the is in this draft and he's not in the draft. Spurs are also uh, doing their best. Though the Spurs aren't tanking, they're just they just have Wimby. The, and the Spurs else. are just bad. Detroit <laughs> yeah. is like actively. Detroit actually imploding. has like a really good young core that somehow is just. They're, they're turning into a brown dwarf that's like sucking in the rays of the sun. I'm not sure what's happening in Detroit, but it's very bad. But it's bad. Uh, but it's not very good in Toronto either. I think no. I, you know, I always think I always worry about the game in Toronto every year because it's uh it is such a haul, especially something like this where you're it's I always would prefer I would prefer them to go to Brooklyn first and then just shoot up to Toronto real quick. Uh, yeah, like but for me, instead of flying out of Denver. Murray going home. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. He didn't like, um, and he didn't play in last year's Toronto game, right? Okay, there you go. I don't think so. Yeah, you you might be I don't think he did. So um, this is going to be Murray's first time playing in front of the home crowd for a couple years. Oh, man. So I'm uh, a... We should have put that on the fast break bets. I'm expecting expecting Jamal to ball out. So, yeah, that one I'm not worried about in the sense of I know it's a haul for us to get there. But I'm not. I'm not concerned about motivation. Everybody's so, going to feed off of the fact that Jamal is the king of Toronto and is home. So, so it's the next game you worry about, right? Because yeah. They, then you got to get to Brooklyn. Then you get to Brooklyn. You got a full day in New York City. Yep. Uh, yeah, that one could be the game that you end up putting up a stinker. We'll see if there's any Michael Porter Jr. appearances with Floyd Mayweather. Uh, right. In in New York, like there was in L.A. Um, 
But yeah, Brooklyn, I mean, we just got done seeing them blow the doors off Brooklyn. Now, granted, that was Brooklyn on a second night of a back-to-back coming from Phoenix uh, into Denver. Yes. So it was a pretty easy call to see that one coming. Then now back at home, you know, they could be it could be a little bit different. But I don't you know. My takeaways from watching Brooklyn this past week, again, another team like some good role, very similar to Toronto, right? Like you've got some good role players and you've got, you know, you got Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson and Cam Thomas. Um, but I, I'm a huge, I'm a huge Mikhail Bridges guy. So yeah, I, I don't like, I don't like Mikhael Bridges in the role that he's in in Brooklyn where he's, that's the, the, the problem that to be the guy. Like, yeah, that yeah, right. As, as the number one guy, I think that's tough as a number um, three guy. Like I like him a lot more. Right. Um, I even as a number, number two four, guy, I could see yeah. it. I could see him growing into a Jamal Murray role as a number two guy. Yeah, but I can see like, that too. the number Betting one on guy is a tough, that's guy. a tough haul. Yeah, it, it, agreed. I, I think Mikael Bridges, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of all three of those guys, Cameron Johnson, yeah. Mikael Bridges, and Cam Thomas. I think they're all very good players. But like I said, none of them, none of them would I want to be the number one guy on my team. Um, and and their top three doesn't match up with Denver's top three. That's just yeah, not, not even magic. Close, right? it, doesn't, it doesn't match up. It's, I'm not talking, talking about talent. I'm talking about, do you want to see those three guys versus these three guys in a three on three? And you're like, no, you don't. You don't want right. to do that. Right, 100%. And you also have to, I mean, you just look at Brooklyn, too, from a, a standpoint, again, of, okay, Nick Claxton, like, he's, I think he's a, a solid defensive center. He weighs 215 pounds. Uh, right. And then after him, you know, I mean, Dayron Sharp, he was okay in that game. But, like, again, there's nobody, they got nobody to to put against Jokic that, that's going to slow him down um, in any, any way. So that's. That's another issue, I think, for Brooklyn. It'll if, if the Nuggets lose that game in Brooklyn, it will probably be because of the New York nightlife more than anything ever. Agreed. Yes. But then they go on to Charlotte, right? And Lamelo balls out for the foreseeable future, isn't he? Yeah, I think. Well, ankle injury, as I recall, is yeah, is he, it's, he's it's out. Better. All these guys always have so many. I these, think these balls. Have. I know, man. Like I never know. Um, but. <laughs> I don't care who's playing for Charlotte. That's that's a game I'm always also for some reason always concerned about because the Nuggets always the Nuggets throw suck. up a freaking yes. stinker in Charlotte. And in this case they'll yes, be doing they it on Charlotte. the back to back. Uh so that'll be tough as well, getting out of Brooklyn and then having to get down to Charlotte for a game the next night. Um that would probably that out of the three, that's probably the one that maybe worries it. Yeah, you're right. Lamelo is out with with an ankle. Well, he's well. I know he's been out, but as far as I know, he doesn't have any timetable to return. So he's he is like on the we will tell you in the new year when he'll come back kind of a timetable. Yeah, that's uh, that's, Which that's is, the way it goes for I, those uh, for the Ball brothers, I guess. Yes. It's, uh, so weird. I I I feel bad for them, but I don't I don't think Charlotte has the firepower. Um. Oh, God, but no. and if they're they're a terrible team as well, I mean let, let's just be honest. Like Charlotte is awful with with the guys that they're missing. I think Lamelo Ball is a, a fantastic player, but uh, right there. No, so I would I would go two and one this week just because I think they're going to lose that Nets game. Okay, fair um, enough. I, th- I I think that's fair too. I don't know if it comes in the Nets game or maybe they do lose the Charlotte game because it is the second night of the back to back and they can't seem to. Uh, figure out how to win the, the nuggets do well on back-to-backs that's not really like i'm not that's true they've that been they've been barely. actually one of the best teams in the in the, in the league of the back-to-back um, yeah they're travel like back-to-backs are tough though they are they are different than home back-to-backs for sure oh well hey you know we got what's his name i guess we we got uh douchebag bridges uh is playing for charlotte again so 
Well, maybe cool. he can sprain an ankle too. I'm, hey, I'm minus fifty six against Philadelphia. Way to go, Bridges. You're a really. <laughs> I don't want to say he's worse on the court than he's off the court, but he's trying yeah, to make it close. Really hard to do. Yeah. Um, somebody puts that guy on his ass. All right. Um, yeah, yeah. Out, out the door is fine with me. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with you. Like I said, two and one. I don't know if it happens in the Brooklyn game or the Charlotte game, or maybe even the Toronto game. But um, it's hard to see the Nuggets winning all three of these out on the road. So if they go two and one, you know, they take care of, take care of business at home against Dallas here. Uh, get two of the three at. Um, yeah, three or four would be would be Good great. Three or four, honestly, three or four heading into the Christmas game. Uh, yeah, I think you're you're doing pretty. That's what you're hoping for, right? There. You're hoping for three or four right. this week. That's what you want. One hundred percent. Two and two. Right, we'll make... water. Three and one's progress. Let's make some progress. right. Right. Let's make some progress. Let's not go. Let's not have an zero and three road trip. That's all we really ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No more of that. All right, make sure you guys are following us on Twitter. I am at Zach Migosh. Gordon is at G Money Nugs. Follows at Denver Stiffs at Mile High Sports. Um, and otherwise, we will, well, I don't know. I'll see if I can't figure out something next weekend. We might be off next week, though. It's Christmas. We'll figure something out, but we'll talk to you next week-ish. Next week-ish, if not certainly uh, before the new year. Uh, so, all right, Gordon, as always, I appreciate it, sir. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you later.